This is Tush. And I welcome you to Tushalicious Talk, an Oklahoma City podcast for titillating women, tantalizing conversation. And I thank you in advance for allowing me to be your one-stop shop advocacy connection. Hello again uh, from Tushalicious Talk, and I welcome you back to this podcast. Um, I hope that we are all enjoying the better weather here lately and look for looking forward to upcoming events. In Oklahoma, we have an event coming up called Chronic Palooza um, that will be happening in a couple of weeks. And we also just had a vote not too long ago about whether or not to legalize recreational marijuana in our state. It did not pass, but we do still have recreational marijuana here. So I thought it would be good to have an episode over the cautious and incautious ways of using and then also some bills that are still out there in the legislator legislature. Uh, from Chronic Palooza, we have the founder, Carrie Lawrence. And if you will let us know what Chronic Palooza is and when and where and how did it come about? Yeah, for sure. So, hello, my name is Carrie Lawrence, also known as some folks know me as Carrie Chronic of the Chronic brand. So, Chronic Palooza was basically founded uh, five years ago. Uh, we started up Chronic Docs um, for those that people that needed to get legal in the state to get their medical cards. And so, uh, we, we started out uh, virtually uh, where you could do it virtually from home at first. And everybody was out traveling all over the state. They were going to every place they could to help people one-on-one, face-to-face, get their medical cards. And we started out virtually. Um, we kind of like fine-tuned that and was able to help a lot of people that, you know, were a little bit more computer savvy. Um, but then we decided, I really wanted to do a um, Guinness Book of World Records. I wanted to be able to uh, get the most patient seen to get medical cards in the world. <laughs> and we actually would have won it, but they don't recognize cannabis anything. So we couldn't submit our numbers. But our very first year, uh, we started out Chronic Palooza. Uh, we seen over 1,500 patients on the very first day of Chronic Palooza. It was actually hosted out at um, the state fairgrounds area. And every 20 minutes, they would make us announce that you cannot smoke even though it was legal to do so. Um, but we plugged away. We kept getting people their medical cards. Um, and we and I was like, well, if we're going to have this patient drive and all these people are standing in line, um, we've got to figure out something for them to do. So we had a couple, we had Tig Blues come out on his guitar and he he performed. We started getting a couple booths set up, um, you know, and just kind of evolved over the years. So this is year five. Mm-hmm. And so from the first year, we've grown tremendously. Um, we moved from the fairgrounds out to uh, Crossroads Mall, mm-hmm. um, which it was a, a vacant, abandoned mall at the time. And there was a group in there that had the JCPenney building. And so we, we were like, hey, we need a place where they're not going to bother us about being medical patients. Um, and we want to have another chronic palooza. So we were able to expand and get started doing our chronic palooza out at the Crossroads Mall. Um, and we did it there for year two and year three. Year three was right in when everybody got out of COVID. So it was a, probably an anomaly, but we had over 30,000 people show up to that event. Um, it was epic. I don't know if we'll ever be able to duplicate it, but we definitely try every year. We try to make it magnificent and it's just continued to evolve. Um, a lot of people think because it's 
the name is Palooza. It's just this big wreck party. We're out there getting stoned and everybody's going crazy. And really, to be honest, um, you know, I like to have fun and I, I like to enjoy life. But really, we're still very much geared to be a medical event. Um, we're the only one in the state that tries to break the stigma uh, by having children be able to be present. So as parents, you know, um, if you choose to medicate with cannabis, you shouldn't have to get a babysitter just to go have a food truck and listen to live performances because you can go to Norman. You can go to all these other places with your kids and have a beer and, and do different things. And so uh, we try to normalize chronic palooza to help break the stigma for all the reefer madness that still exists, which a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about on this bill, I feel is reefer madness. Um, but that's what it is. Literally, I've turned it into just an extravaganza fun event for all ages. Children five and under are free. Um, I keep the price very economical because I know as a whole Oklahoma, we're not a rich state mm -hmm. like most places. Uh, a big thing I've got tied into the Chronic Palooza is we have a 501c3 who it's called It Stops Here Foundation, being that Oklahoma is one of the number one states for incarceration. We fluctuate between one, two, and three in the world for incarceration. Uh, our 501c3 nonprofit, it helps children whose parents are currently incarcerated. So we give back for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, back to school. You've actually participated with some of our events that she's helped and gave back with us. So, um, so we really try to raise awareness for that. There's definitely got to be change on that. There's still got to be change for the cannabis community. Um, but yeah, so that's what it started. It started all with the patient drive and it evolved to be what it is. This year, I'm really excited. Uh, we're back at Crossroads Mall. So let me rewind. So we had two years at Crossroads Mall. Then the mall got purchased by uh, some Asian investors. Uh, they, um, we had to move out of the mall. We had last year out of El Reno, which was great, but it wasn't Crossroads Mall. Mm -hmm. I actually grew up on Southeast 70th, so that was my mall. I am a Southsider. That's my, you know, that's what I know over there. Um, and so, at right, like literally the week after last year, Chronic Palooza, uh, the gentleman who I had worked with before at the mall reached out to me and said, hey, these owners have this mall and they had a medical grow that they were going to put in the O'Dillard's building. The schools next door raised so much heck they petitioned and changed the law because of them, mm. which I'm like, that sounds like discrimination to me. You can't just pick on one person in the whole state because they picked, you know, they purchased a $6.5 million piece of property yeah. and now they want to put it, something legal in there. I understand it's next to the school. Um, I understand that can be a concern, but they changed the law for them. They were forced not to be able to put a medical grow in the Dillard's building. So now these individuals were like, what do we do with this property? This is a dead mall. Mm -hmm. What do we do with it? And so um, I went out and met with them, pitched them my ideas and a little bit about what my background was and kind of what I envisioned it to be. And I went to a partnership with the owners of Crossroads Mall. And then we now have the old Dillard's building, which is 90,000 square feet on three different floors. Mm. Uh, we're starting out just using the first floor. Uh, so Chronic Palooza this year will be back where, it, where it's supposed to be, back home at Crossroads Mall. And so it'll be in the O'Dillard's building on the south side of the mall. We'll be inside and outside. Um, we've got uh, several uh, food trucks will be there. We've got... Oh, 
over 50 vendors that will be present. Uh, we've got live local acts performing all through the day. Uh, we have a kid zone area where you can bring your kids. We've got a, I don't know if y'all remember the fair that I think his name is Bobo the Clown where he talks crazy and you can like dunk them. Well, he'll be there. We have a dunk tank. We have axe throwing. We've got this big bounce thing for the kiddos. We'll have face painting. We have different activities. Um, we're inviting anyone in the community that are artists that like freestyle paint and want to put their paintings and stuff on exhibit. Uh, they can get a very deep discounted booth to come just kind of live perform and do some artwork there. I always try to do something totally different because cannabis is like... Um, Chronic Palooza is like cannabis. There's so many different people. It doesn't matter what age you are, what color your skin is, what where you come from. It kind of brings everybody together. And so I try to create Chronic Palooza to be similar to that because we are a melting pot of all kinds. And I want to try to always find things that would make it fun for everybody to attend and not just one specific demographic. Um, so we have, you know, we have countries, we have country artists performing, rock and roll artists, pop. Uh, our main headliners this year, uh, we just announced yesterday, we've got little Kiki, the Don from Texas. He'll, he'll be down. And then some up and coming artists is uh, Sauce Waka and Peso Peso. And then we have a native Oklahoman out of Tulsa who's actually signed to the baby. His name is Highland Star. He's got songs with the baby and um, Wale. He has a song, Pretty as a Person. So we're doing a Pretty as a Person and challenge for all the ladies uh, if they want to uh, do that they can get some free tickets for participating with his song um, we're just trying to show him love because he's he's a very talented individual and uh, we're real proud that he's been able to get this far and just trying to support all local artists in our in our city so oh and we have slap fight competition on Saturday that's something new I've added where it's the fel it's actually a, a real thing we've got a five time champion UFC fighters our participating and they're going to be slapping out of each other. Um, I, I saw it and I started seeking them and I wound up and found the group out of um, Missouri that have the whole organization put together. They're bringing a production. It's going to be televised in front of over 3 million people all the way into Germany. So we'll have a live televised event. So that's super exciting for us this year. And then we always have our staple, which is um, uh, Micromania. And uh, it's a little people, however you would like. They, their, their shirt is hashtag midgets lives matter too. So I'll say what their hashtag is so, so I don't offend anybody. But uh, Micromania, they put on a great show. We've used them uh, as performers for several years. And it's uh, great. The kids love it. Adults love it. Um, and just, yeah, a lot of good stuff. So it's it's not like a typical, when you hear of, a, oh, it's a weed festival and all that. No, it's so much more than that. And it's a, uh, we have vendors that are going to be there to educate a lot of the topics that we're getting ready to talk about. So I think that's real important um, to help break the stigma um, as well as really educate the community. Because I think a lot of people are scared. They've been told for so long, this is something bad. Don't do it. You know, it's that reefer madness. And I feel like the more people can understand more about the plant, it will give them an opportunity to learn to see if it's a good fit for you. I personally am not, even though I own the chronic brands and I'm all about this life, I'm about it for the right to choose. 
Um, I don't personally partake on a daily basis of uh, flour and things like that. But I tell you what, I am a topical user and I will use those all day long compared to a, a pain pill because they fix me. They make me feel better. They they relieve my pain and my swelling and stuff. So I think it's really a matter of people being able to figure out what's right for them, just like any other medication, you That's know, right. you know, and the right to choose. And I mean, who who is someone to tell us what's right for us and what's wrong for us? I mean, a doctor tells us these things, but even they're wrong sometimes, you That's know. Right. And you got to have choices. And this is this is a, a miracle plant that's been around since we all were incept, you know, inception of our lives. And it's been taken from us because of different reasons. And I just feel like, you know, if you catch cancer, you might want to try out that FICO that'll kill it. And it's also known as Rick Simpson's oil. Um, they don't want you to know about that. The pharmaceutical companies don't. But it literally you can kill cancer with FICO. And it's, it's a lot to it. So I'll have people out at our event that are very knowledgeable of all these different things. Um, even if you don't partake, if you're not a medical card holder, you don't have to be to show up. If you're someone who is like, I want to go out there just to see what this is all about. You do not have to have your medical card to show up. Um, you can get your medical card, of course, there because that's what we're founded on is trying to help people get their medical cards. But at the end of the day, it's really about education and knowledge and letting people know that they have choices and decisions. They're not forced to do something that maybe there's a better, healthier alternative to some of these narcotics that are being pushed down our throats by these doctors. So I'm not pro weed in any fashion. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like uh, you are geared toward helping the community in the best way possible. Um, And as far as the League of Women Voters goes, we do not have a position on marijuana. So we don't support any of the bills and we are not against any of the bills. We are just all for education. So um, when I met uh, Toya a little while ago, she was the one that told me about Chronic Palooza. And I'm like, what is that? And so she got a booth there. And so I want to know why you got a booth at Chronic Palooza and how do you feel like that's going to help your business? Well, um, I have joined Chronic Palooza every year since the first crossroads, mm-hmm. um, except for one, every year except for one since the first crossroads and we had a blast that year mm-hmm. and we've had a blast every year since then. Um, I make things like rolling trays, ashtrays, um, grinders, things like that. So it assists me with being able to sell. There's a lot of pop-up shops that I can't take my product to, or at least those product. I make more than that, but at least products that have smoked anything. Paraphernalia. And I can't, I can't take it to those events. So Chronic Palooza opens that up for me in a totally different lane. And I enjoy it. And I love the education and everything about it. Yeah, it sounds like it's a way to help boost the economy uh, more than what people realize. So, And you don't have to be a cannabis business to participate in Chronic Palooza. I think that is also something that's a misconception. Um Again, it goes back to who's going to attend. This is a place where it isn't about, oh, we can go out here and get high and we can all party and smoke weed together necessarily. That's not what this is about. So, I mean, just think of when you go into CVS. I mean, every type of individual of every type of brand of company is selling inside of CVS. And this truly is a medicine. So if you have a small business that you're trying to get your product in front of 
a large group of people who are potentially just medical patients, this is still something where you could uh, participate in and be able to to make some good money, good networking. There's so many different people of all walks of life, all different shades, all different ages that attend this that you don't know who you're going to rub elbows with that come to this, that as a small business of anything, this is still something that you should want to participate in and, and be a part of because you never know. Yeah, because yeah, it's definitely open doors for me. Oh, yeah, for that's sure. awesome. We will definitely give out the information on how to get a booth at Chronic Palooza uh, at the end of this. So where I was coming at was um, an aspect of uh, health because so many things that I had read when we were trying to legalize recreational marijuana were saying, that people were overdosing on marijuana. And I kept asking the question, how does a person overdose on marijuana? So I finally found an article that kind of explained it to me. And I definitely want to get your opinion on it. The article is called, Is There a Safer Way to Smoke Cannabis? And it comes from healthline.com forward slash health forward slash healthiest dash way dash to dash smoke dash weed. And so there is this term called greening out. And apparently that is the term, the medical term for a cannabis overdose, which means that you are turning or feeling pale or sweating or getting dizzy or having the spins and maybe even sometimes vomiting. So does have you ever seen anyone experience this at Chronic Palooza? I know sometimes I watch shows on TV and they it's like, you know, especially for the edibles, it's like when the edible kicks in, then they it's like the camera starts spinning, like they're all spinning and so forth. And I'm not a user, so I'm just interested in knowing uh, what is your experience as far as greening out goes. Well, I will say that we searched far and wide. I have a really good friend. Her name is Angie. She's the author of a book called Reefer Madness. She just launched it. And she and I were doing everything we possibly could to find the data in Oklahoma that would show the overdoses that have occurred this year alone or any year in the past five years. And the number is zero. So for one, that would be considered reefer madness. For anyone to speak on those terms would be considered reefer madness. However, I will speak on the, I've never heard of greening out, but I do know when I take six Advil, when my back is on fire, all of that happens to me as well. So I feel like that as an individual, when you're medicating for your ailments, if you overly take something of any sort. It could be an extra Vicodin that you shouldn't have took. It could be an extra Ambien. It could be, you know, you take something extra of anything, you're going to not feel well. And uh, unfortunately with cannabis, because they make it impossible for you to except for self-individuals who take it upon themselves, like at our events and things like that, they make it impossible for you to get really good information uh, to help with medication. So it really is kind of like you're in your grandma's kitchen and you guys are cooking up something and trying out certain things and trying to see what works for you because they've made it such a hush-hush thing, such a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there isn't a ton of data out there uh, and a lot of really good information except for individuals who have made this their life journey to educate people and try to, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like the Rick Simpsons of the world and the um, the Jack Herrera's and just different people that have really made this their journey to try to help cure people with the, the plant. Um, you don't have a lot of stuff to go by. So when you 
you know, me personally, like I had to learn the hard way, good or bad, you know, I'm not an edible person personally. And when I do eat a lot of edibles or not even a lot, if I eat too much of, of one, I feel like I'm in outer space. I can hear Martians and all these things. Um, but I learned that and I know not to do that. And that would be also when I've I've had surgeries and I've been given particular prescription medication. There are certain ones that I feel like I'm itching to death. I, I get heat flashes and, you know, I'm allergic to cornmeal. You're probably not. You know, that's part of the things that we have to learn as individuals when we're when we're trying to just Figure live life. Limitations are. <laughs> you know, and that's just I feel uh, that's one person's opinion. I do know that if you do overly do anything, it's the similar things are going to happen. I do hear it with the with the edibles, you know, I think I think it's because like we had judge kits and we had people that would enter in their products. And so I would take a taste of every one of them because I'm a foodie. I love food. And so uh, one nibble, you know, might be five milligrams, but I'm trying 50 different products. And now I'm on 50 times five. Yeah, I'm probably a little bit for me and my dosage usage that I can handle as an individual. That's a bit much. But I think food can get a little bit dangerous just, but you're not going to die. You're not going to overdose. There is nothing that's ever shown in in the books that someone has overdosed from it. Um, you might feel like you might for a few hours until until it kind of starts wearing off. But it's also the same thing with alcohol. I don't know how many people have partaken in alcohol, you know, and drink too much and the room spins, they black out, they do all kinds of stuff. But you live and learn from different things or overdose on anything. But um, you can't overdose, but you can feel bad if you do take it, just like you could feel bad taking anything else that you do yeah. excessively. So the safest ways that this article said um, to use cannabis are uh, five different types, edibles, sublinguals, tinctures, topicals, and suppositories. Yeah. And so since we're talking about edibles, um, what it says is that they don't harm your lung health. Um, and it also, it takes longer to kick in and then it lasts longer. It needs to clear your digestive system before getting into your bloodstream. So that is considered a safe way versus actually smoking it so that your lungs are not damaged. Well, that's the thing, though. The cannabis smoking flower doesn't damage your lungs at all. Um, in fact, it could actually make your lungs healthier. <laughs> From what I've been told, uh, again, um, if you've got someone who smokes cigarettes, they tend to try to, like even the law, the 788 law, they say anywhere that you can smoke cigarettes, you can smoke flour. It's legal. Um you know, but it's I'm, medicine. I'm so not medicine. sure about the actual flower itself. Um, from what I was reading, it's more like it was saying joints versus blunts. A joint is safer than a blunt because the blunt, you have the uh, cigar wrap. And even after you've emptied all the tobacco out of there, the wrapper itself has high concentrations of toxins in it. And that is what is damaging your lungs. But a lot of people that I know that are truly uh, medical patients, they're not smoking with blunt wrappers. That's mm -hmm. kind of like a trend that got started when it was illegal. Most people who are medical patients, they're going to use the wraps that are made from hemp, mm -hmm. um, which is very healthy and it isn't got any of those particular toxins. Yeah. That I mean, I, I'm to. not, like I said, I'm not either way. I'm not for or against. I'm not attacking.
attacking yeah. anybody. I'm just trying to get the information out there that, you know, if there are some people that are but out you there. Do, if you do use like a black and mild, which is very common, mm-hmm. um, and they're calling the sticks at the at the 7-Elevens, and if they do have tobacco products in them, those are definitely not going to be as healthy as if you were to get a, a natural wrap mm-hmm. and or just a paper. Or even a joint paper. Joint yes, that's what the, the article I or, read says. Or using yeah. like a, she's got some apparatuses over there uh, where you actually put the flower in and you just smoke it straight from uh, the bong itself. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. So um, what about sublinguals? What's the difference between a sublingual and an edible? A sublingual is typically a very high dosage, pure concentrate of of, of the product and you normally are going to have it with a droplet and it's going to go underneath your tongue mm-hmm. just like you would a medicine sublingually uh, so it hits the bloodstream of your, uh, your the mucous membranes mm-hmm, much mm-hmm. quicker and so it's going to start going in effect a lot faster mm-hmm. than it doesn't have to go through the stomach and all of that mm-hmm. or the lungs or anything right. so it's right. a much quicker mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I see that a lot for people who are using it for pain management mm-hmm. uh, they'll get the very high dosage like a thousand milligrams of a sublingual and like out of that they take they see like one drop but they'll put it underneath their tongue and they'll instantly feel uh, relief mm-hmm. where if you didn't do it that way it might take 30 minutes to an hour to start feeling relief so uh, a lot of people with the edible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or even the flower in it for people who have seizures, mm-hmm. um, that they're really using this for a medicinal re- a lot of them will take that sublingually. So it hits, if they have a seizure, they could throw it, you know, the child, they could use it to put it on the bottom of their tongue to possibly stop a seizure immediately. Cool. Um, and so that's a really important uh, product for people who have that type of issue or mm-hmm. ailment. It's used for a lot of different other things, but I find that more for pain and for uh, seizures. What about tinctures and topicals? What's the difference between a tincture and a topical. And I've never heard of these things. I found these this article so interesting because a lot of this stuff, I promise you, I have never heard of. Well, tincture is very similar to a, a sublingual um, there, but it's also used with a dropper normally. Um, it's really just you might put on the top of your tongue instead of underneath it. Um, the topical is what I said I use. Like my dad, he's been in security and law enforcement forever. Mm-hmm. And he's been not happy about uh, medical cannabis because he's still in his mind about, oh, this is an illegal substance, even though it's legal. And he had to get his knees replaced. replaced and he's had a lot of things where he has a lot of pain. And so I uh, grabbed a topical and rubbed it on his ailments. And he was like, Felt better. Oh, he's now he screams to the mountaintops about mm-hmm. this topicals, how they are the best thing in the world. And he's a medical patient now. And so a topical is basically an ointment. Yeah, it's you rub it on just like you would like a vapes, vapor rub or just any kind of rub that you would mm-hmm. rub on like mm-hmm. the that icy hot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's going to it will it will definitely if you um, if you're worried about a uh, a positive result. To a drug screen, mm-hmm. it will definitely, if it has THC in it, it mm-hmm. will show up okay. because it's going to penetrate through your skin and it will show up. Um, you'd have to put quite a bit of it on to, for it to show up, but I would never tell anybody to risk it. Um, right. You definitely want to be a medical patient if you're going to use it. But it's really good for the elderly community. It's really good for um, just any kind of aches. Probably and, lumbar yeah. degeneration or arthritis, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, yeah. cool. So in, in the tinctures, um, so it's more like alcohol based and you put it in a drink, right? 
you can put it um you can put it in a drink or you could just put it directly into your mouth as well okay okay you can cook with it some people um make meals with it and mm-hmm. they'll like drizzle it maybe into their salad mm-hmm. to try to you know not everybody different brands are are you know there's i found with edibles and these type products there's different brands and different people's preferences. It goes back to individuals. Some people feel like they need to taste the weed in it or it's no good, even though they've masked the flavor not to taste like weed because the person that manufactured it feels, well, people don't want to taste weed when they're doing or cooking with it or they're doing different things with it. But there are certain individuals who are like, well, if I don't taste the weed, I don't think it's any good. It's kind of like a a drink, a cocktail, where if you can't taste the liquor, I just paid wasted my money, but it's not It might creep up on you later, though. (laughs) So you got two two different, you know, it's kind of like, you know, with chocolate chip cookies. I like them soft. You might like them hard. And that's just kind of how it is with that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, the tinctures, you can do a lot of different ways, but um, I know a lot of people that just put it right in their mouth. With, like how with alcohol, it only last in your system a little while is that the same way with tinctures or is it going to last in your system the same amount as like an edible or sublingual well you know like there's um there's a lot of drinks that are out there they'll um you'll feel it faster but they'll be gone quicker where if you eat an edible it might take 30 minutes and it'll last you know a while but it takes a little bit longer because it goes back to how does it get into your bloodstream so Mm -hmm. like a you know, a, a liquid, it kind of hits the back of your tongue and hits your bloodstream a little bit faster, metabolizes quicker than a food. I have to go through the stomach, go through all the other areas, and then it kind of hits or whatever. So usually the more liquid it is, it's going to um, it's going to hit your stream faster. So you'll feel it faster um, and it tends to go out faster, okay. but you get relief faster. That's why the, t- the, the tinctures under uh, your tongue is important because um, if you're having a seizure or something to try to stop it so you, you can immediately get relief from that for your kiddo or yourself. Or okay. So the weirdest one <laughs> that I read about are suppositories. And this was absolutely crazy to me. But everything that I read said people get a lot of therapeutic relief from pain and nausea from uh, THC or CBD infused inserts. Yes. So what do you know about this? Well, I had a friend who was uh, dying of cancer and towards the end of his life, he wasn't able to eat and he was in a lot of pain. And so he couldn't keep anything down. Um, and he couldn't smoke or anything. It was just a bad situation. So the only way he could get relief while he was passing was able to get the suppository. And the suppository made him feel really good. And it just made it a very good transition for him. So people who, um, Crohn's disease, sometimes those type uh, patients, suppositories are really good for them. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has a gut issue or a, a eating, you know, they can't eat or they can't keep food down mm-hmm. for whatever reasons. Uh, people that are maybe in chemotherapy and different stuff. When you say that they can't keep food, so it helps the lining in your stomach or something? No, it just allows you to medicate yourself without losing it. Like possibly if you can't keep food down and you might throw up, if you eat something or ingest it or take it, you know, you might not be able to keep it. You might throw up and get sick from being nauseated. Where a suppository, when you use a suppository, it allows you not to to go through the the stomach and the mouth area and it's 
stays. It, is, it's, it allows you to be able to medicate and keep Very your medicine. Yeah. It'll also help increase your, so like if you're someone who struggles with eating mm-hmm. and it's just really, you're nauseated all the time, a lot of times they can take a suppository um, and then it will increase their appetite and allow them to be able to eat. It's, it's just kind of weird. It's like, I mean, there's other medicines with just regular pharmacy that will do the suppository mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just another, it's kind of being creative on, how to medicate yourself based off your ailment. And so that's just another option uh, for people that might be suffering uh, the ability to to take it, you know, uh, through their mouth. That's awesome. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is vaping. So, or vaping or not vaping. I think even with myself, with regular, not even talking about um, marijuana, just regular vaping versus cigarettes. A lot of us assume that vaping is safer mm-hmm. than smoking a cigarette, or we would say in this case, than smoking a joint or a blunt. But from everything that I have read, it is actually not. <laughs> um, and so the concerns are that you are inhaling vitamin E. Um, but what I will say that I read is that as far as marijuana goes, that risk only seems applicable when you are vaping concentrates and not a flower. And so that kind of confused me because I don't know the difference. What's the difference between a concentrate and a flower? So a concentrate is where um, they take the, the actual flower nug and they use different methods to take it from its flower state and turning it into a more of a a liquid form Mm -hmm. and there's multiple different ways uh, that they can do that. There's one way they use it, which is probably um, one of the safest. It's called like hash water. It's almost like they wash it with water and ice and extract these elements out and create kinda like, like milking a, and almonds. Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it turns it into this thick substance. Um, and, and you can, you can do it like that. And then you've got some where they use like these butane CO2, CO2, like there's hydrocarbon solid hydrocarbon liquids, which I'm learning that myself because of our judge kits stuff that we're putting together. So all these different um, processors, some of them have where they've got these huge, you know, it's gases, different gases they have to use to pull it out, extract it, and then they have to flip. It's almost very um, nutty professor-like, you know. It's like really they're, um, they really have to have a skill to know how to do that, to do it properly and to do it safely, um, just like you would other types of uh, medicines. And so, but they pull it out and it literally, you know, you might have a, a whole bunch of flour and then they'll put it through the process and it turns it into like that much. It's like so small. It's like in a little bitty container, like super small. Mm -hmm. And then they'll use that and they'll put it into these different bongs um, with the torch and light it up and then they'll, they'll inhale it that way. But that is a pure form of the plant, Mm -hmm. which like people who I know that, that actually medicate uh, very heavily, prefer concentrates over even flour because it pulls all of the really important parts of the plant out mm-hmm. and it's like a pure it's it's pure medicine on the concentrate side typically now when it goes to the vapes i know like there's uh distillate um vapes mm-hmm. which is they've pulled everything out except for just the thc they take out the terpenes, they take everything and it kind of just, it makes it a liquid. And then they reintroduce the the uh, 
product with, they like re-inject it with terpene. So it's not as pure. Then you've got like full spectrum where they use all the plant to make their vapes and it's got all the goodness and all the right things that you're supposed to have without taking it and separating it. And they'll put those in the vape carts. So when you're looking for vapes, um, a lot of times it's kind of like the less expensive ones are going to be distillate Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like, I I think of it kind of like the off brand. It's cheaper. Mm -hmm. It's less expensive to Mm -hmm. make. The Mm -hmm. process is less Mm -hmm. to put it, reintroduce everything back into that. And then you've got uh, like the full spectrum, which is they take fully the whole plant and they put it into the vape cart. And so when they when they do this process, they're putting everything back in from the plant and making it pure uh, to be able to medicate with it That's as a vape. Cool. It's a lot cool. to it. I sound yeah. like I'm like I think I'm talking. I'm, I'm like wow. I'm I didn't even know I knew all that stuff. As I'm I'm just going off the things that I've learned over the past five years. You know. Yeah. So can you put a concentrate inside a bong? You actually, the bong style that you use is a little bit different than that one right there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one that she has in front of her is made for flour, but the concentrate typically is a, it's a very similar apparatus. So there's two different types of bongs. That's what I was saying. Yes, I wish I would have brought the other one <laughs> okay, now. So um, the one that you have brought, Toya, this one, you said is for a it's flower. For flower. Okay. So we're not going to go into how to use it or anything like that. But yeah, these are the types of products that will be at Chronic Palooza. Yeah, there okay. should be several people that have different things out there uh, to learn. And they'll, and they'll talk to you. Don't feel like, you know, there's any dumb questions because there's not, you yeah. know. So what and that's what it's all about there? is about just educating to learn. I have a lighter rolling tray. Okay. Basic rolling tray. And you can customize these rolling trays to where they can get whatever picture they want or photograph or whatever words or anything on there? Yes. Okay. Photograph, words, everything. Okay. And what is this thing? That's an ashtray. Oh, this is an ashtray. You got a light up ashtray. Okay. It lights up, y'all. Okay. So you can see it in the dark, I guess. This is a small stash jar. (laughs) A stash jar to put your stuff in. Put okay. Your goodies it in. lights up too. That's pretty cool, that y'all. That's cute. Okay. And this grinder. one is another. Oh, this is a grinder. This is not a stash That's tray. That's for folks like me that don't want to do it with our fingers. You me throw too. it in there and I don't you like just... my fingers being sticky and dirty. <laughs> <laughs> do half the work for you. <laughs> and then I have a These larger can be customized stash jar. as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Everything can be customized if you want to add a picture, a phrase. Um, anything like that to it. We got the stitch. Oh, yes, we got stitch. stitch. Oh my gosh, this is so cute. And then you just, okay, I'm gonna let you, I don't want to break it. <laughs> you twist his head. You twist his head. What? Oh, oh and then there's a jar on the inside. Oh my God, that is so <laughs> That's cute. That's one way to do yes. it. So go out there and purchase this stuff, you guys. Yes. That is so cool. Oh my God, that is so cool. Okay, so my last question before we talk about some of these bills, I read about this thing called dabbing. What is dabbing? Dabbing is what you use the concentrates for. Um, and there's the apparatus I was referring to, similar to the one that that looks like that. There's also some that they've got these little dab pins that are for more people that are maybe not as diehard dabbers or they are dabbing on the go. But it really is the dabbing is for concentrates. And again, it's to get it... Uh, more of the pure um, overall everything of the plant. It's Do you little, know the pros and the cons of dabbing? 
you don't want to be a brand new person in dab. If you're just getting introduced to cannabis mm-hmm. and trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and trying to learn what works good for you, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't say go jump in and go do some dabs. That'd be head first. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you went from first. graduation <laughs> and so you're starting out in elementary school, you graduated. That's for people who have kind of understood their body, their ailments. They've they've been smoking um, flour or medicating with the uh, sublinguals or tinctures or whatever for, for a little bit. I'm not saying you could never, you know, be a brand new person and, and not get to dab, but just don't recommend it. I wouldn't do it right yeah. off the top because it's definitely a very potent, it, it's, it's a very high dosage at one time. And you would need to kind of figure out, you know, do you want to do one small dab? Is that enough for you? It, it goes back to milligram, just like we'll use even Advil as an example. You know, I'm a, I'm a two to three Advil pill mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. If I take six because I'm in pain and I think I'm going to get sick, I'm going to be throwing up, I'm going to have the sweats, I'm going to do all of that. And mm-hmm. I had to learn, okay, Carrie, you can't go to sick, even though you're in pain and it's Advil and it's supposed to take your pain away. So until you kind of figure out where you are, you you know, with the dab, like I did a, a small little dab pen and I was like, they were like, I was like, that's enough for me. I, I don't even want to, you know, do anymore because I, I don't think that would be good for me. But then I work with Larry Reed, the man on weed who, you know, he's uh, he's definitely someone who's done this all of his life and he'll dab for hours at a time and, it, and it's what he needs to keep his shakes and mm-hmm. various different things that he's got down and to make him be able to function um, with his anxiety and everything. So cool. um, it just really, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like anything else, it's figuring it out and seeing what's best for you and knowing that you have an option other than uh, the typical pharmaceutical drugs as a, as a choice. But definitely... You know, these we have some really great dispensaries out there that have great employees that will teach and, and go over a lot of these questions with you. And Chronic Palooza is definitely a place to come out just to ask questions, even if you have no intentions of trying anytime soon. Or you might have someone who's sick, or you might have someone who has cancer, or you might have somebody that has um you know, seizures or various different things and to come out and ask questions on their behalf, you know, um, it's a really great place to learn because that's what it's really all about. We are definitely, even though it's Palooza in the name, Mm -hmm. it is definitely an educational uh, medical event that we try to put together. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the um, people who get the booths and participate um, on the administrative side actually pay attention to the bills in that are still in, in circulation in Oklahoma just because we voted to not uh, legalize recreational there are still some other bills out there I'm gonna read um, five of them but I only want to talk about the last two because we're running out of time here so Senate bill 437 it establishes a registry of physicians who can recommend patient cards and puts in continuing education requirements so I'm hoping that that is not like a busy work bill um, but it does sound like it could be it could have pros and cons to it but we would need to you know discuss that further Mrs. Garvin is part of several medical groups And so she has a vested interest to do anything that's going to make her friends a lot of money. And so she's pushing things that are going to help her colleagues make money. And that's my two cents on that one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Senate Bill 113, it would remove the agricultural sales tax exemption from medical marijuana growers and processors. Again, I feel like... uh, I feel like people at the Capitol are starting to discriminate on the cannabis community by singling them out. They don't single out any other farmer 
in the state. And so I feel um, by them doing a lot of these things that they're proposing, it's singling out a specific class. And I feel that that is a form of discrimination. Mm hmm. So the, this uh, House Bill 1616, it will require any elected official or appointed public official to disclose the ownership of medical marijuana businesses. Do you feel like there should be um, something added to that to where you should disclose if you have friends that have or, I, or I against? I feel like with that, they're almost trying to shame. The, I mean, I feel like if that's something that's required of any other business in the state to have to acknowledge um, then that's fine. But if no other particular class of business is required to do that, I don't, I feel like it's a way for them to try to shame themselves or to kind of put a strobe light on the individuals at the, at the, uh, at the Capitol mm -hmm. to try to discourage them to participate, to be a part of the program. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. Well, hopefully we'll get more education out and there's no discrimination of any type, you know, because everyone has their rights. So uh, House Bill 1711 would require commercial growers to disclose water and electricity usage to the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. What I heard about this is that they're trying to track their um, water and electricity usage because they're saying that they are um, illegally getting marijuana from like um, the cartel and so forth and so on instead of actually growing it themselves. Do you think that there's any truth to that? I mean, again, it goes back to if they don't monitor every farmer in the state's water intake on different things, I don't see why they're picking this particular class. And each farmer, the way that they grow their uh, medical cannabis is going to be different. So, um, and how they, how often they use electricity for their plants, how much, how often they do that. So I just feel like, again, it's, they're, they're singling out a particular type of farming because it's a legal way to farm. Um, and if they're not, it's almost, again, a way to shame people from being a part of it. And I just, I don't know how, I mean, if, if the OMMA is regulating and going out and doing their pop-ups, which they do all day, every day, they're going to find the the farms, which they do, mm -hmm. that are not doing it properly. I just feel like when you single out an individual group just because they're part of a cannabis community, mm -hmm. it, it's just you're picking on them. Yeah. <laughs> so the the last two is Senate Bill 439 and 440. And 39 is puts additional restrictions on two physicians needed to recommend marijuana um, for patients under 18. If you're 18 and older, you would still only need one, but 18 and under, you would now need two. Well, it's already been that. So that's why I wasn't sure why they were uh, changing it because since 788 passed, it requires two two particular, two different uh, physicians to see the patient. You mm. have to have a first and a second already. So that's already in place. But I think what uh, I was reading up, which kind of falls in place with SB 440, mm -hmm. is they're trying to make it where um, children can only medicate with flour. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes back to the individual you know, um, if a child needs sublingually to take this or if they need a suppository or a top, whatever it is, I don't feel like the capital should tell a child how they need to medicate in order for their ailments. That's what a doctor's for. That's why they already require two doctors talk to the patient before they approve them for their medical. So now they're trying to um, they're trying to treat it like it's a um 
recreational situation for these kids, and that's not the case. And they're trying to dictate the type of ways that they can administer it. All that's going to do is create more parents having to um, medicate their children with their own home grows, which is fine, and that's something that's legal that can be done now. And they'll have to start baking, and they're going to have to start trying things. They're going to have to start making things at home um, because they're going to do whatever it takes to make their child feel better and to heal their problems. You know, because people, so, they're going to do whatever. So I think that they're just going to make it harder on the parents to be able to take care of their kiddos is what yeah. I feel. So the part that I read, it said that 440 only limits the THC content in edibles for minors. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure about the rest of it. Um, I haven't looked very thoroughly into all of these. So I'm definitely um, up for if there's anyone else out there. And and again, these are still, they haven't, they're not made into law yet. They're just bills that are in circulation. So it doesn't mean that they're actually going to become law, but they are out there on the books. So, you know, um, I would say contact your legislators, give them your opinion, um, whether you're pro or con or, you know, especially and then research it for yourself and see, are these measures needed or are they not needed? Um, are they just uh, busy work or, you know, or are they really needed? So, but either way, I definitely appreciate both of you for coming <laughs> on this show. I have learned a lot today. Um, and I hope that our listeners have learned a lot today, too. If they want to um, get a uh, booth at Chronic Palooza, how do they contact you? Um, they could go right up to the website. It's chronicpalooza.com. Uh, we have small business tables um, for like this young lady right here uh, to help a little bit more. Uh, they're just $250 for both days to vend. And then uh, but you can go up there, you can get your your 10 by 10 booth, 20 by 20 booth, if you want to be a sponsor, if you want to have stage presence with banners or whatever. Um, we are already uh, full with our food trucks. Unfortunately, we had to do those 10 days in advance to meet the requirements for the city. So we're going to have that already in place. Um, but yeah, you can go right up there. And if you need to come get your medical card, you can come out on site. We'll have our doctor, Fosh, you'll be out on site. Cool, cool, and cool. Uh, get your med cards. So Toya, if they want to purchase a, uh, a what is this? A weed tray, you said? Yes, <laughs> a rolling tray. A rolling tray, <laughs> I'm sorry. Or a bong or any of these customized products. How do they contact you? Well, my website is actually under construction right now, jomacc.store. Um, however, you can still go to the site and view things. Uh, we ask that you contact us via phone to purchase 405-774-3340. If you would like to um, make an order, again, you can go to jomacc.store and view things. Um, everything is made custom, so we do not have very much inventory. Um, so if it's for you, it is definitely just for you. Yes, yeah, so bring your ideas to her and yeah. we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Tushalicious Talk is part of the Breaking Ice, Building Bridges community podcast platform brought to you by Possibilities, Inc.